What is up, beautiful people? It's your boy, Ray, and welcome to another fantastic episode of This Week in Reselling. And boy, we have an amazing episode for you today. We have the opportunity to talk to Bill with Collectible Bills. We uh, first got to meet Bill on TikTok. He is crazy knowledgeable with anything having to do with kitchenware, uh, stoneware, Pyrex, uh, just plates in general, great stuff. Stuff that I would normally not pick up that I would just pass on at the thrift. He knows a ton about it. And is, there's actually really good money in that, guys. So make sure you guys follow Bill on all his social media platforms. It'll be listed in the description below. And make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at the Nashville Flippers. And like always, guys... Catch you on the flip side. Peace. The Nashville Flippers. What's going on, Ray? What's up, Bill? Good to see you, man. Hey, sorry I'm sorry I'm late. I got um I forgot that the draft was today. So I got I got my Titans. The NFL draft is today. Yeah. Right? It's up so, here in Cleveland. What's that? Yeah, that's right. That is right. It's about uh uh, yeah, it's going on about 25 minutes from where I live. Oh wow! You should have been there, yeah. man. Nah, not my. I'm not a. I'm not a big football guy. I mean, I like my uh, Browns, but you know, I watch my Browns play, but that's about it. For sure. Well, uh, so I don't know if you know you got your people on, and then I got my people on at the same time. I think that's how this works. Right. I was trying this out with uh with uh Ethan, uh the college reseller yesterday, but. But I was telling him, I want to start doing this uh, weekly interview show where I interview uh, resellers. And I know you and I have talked about it before, so I wanted you to be the first one on this oh, week in cool. reselling with the Nashville Flippers. So go. just a real, real quick, Bill, just uh, give a little quick of like rundown of what you do and um, your overall like um, reselling. You know, kind of like your origin story. You know, kind of like how you became the the collectible bill superhero that you are. Uh, so when I was 13, I started off working in a coin card and uh, stamp and uh, coin card and stamp shop. Okay. And uh, the owner there was an older gentleman, and he bought a lot of antiques, a lot of things like Hummels, precious moments, things like that. And he was very good at watching market trends of things. So, um, you know, and he taught me a lot about the value of things. Uh, my mother as well. We, we did a lot of thrifting as a lot of yard sailing when we were kids. Um, so we always had nice things, but we didn't pay top dollar for nice things. So, um, you know, I've been a reseller on eBay since the late 90s on and off. And about a year ago, I lost my job, and I says I'm gonna make a full time run at this. Uh, did a awesome. lot of flea markets last summer. Once the weather cooled, I got back into eBay, and then a friend of mine here on TikTok, Eric the Vintage Hunter, challenged me to start my own website, and so that's what I did in January. And uh, I've I've pulled way back from eBay, and I'm focusing more on my website now. So. 
That's awesome. So you say, I know that when you, um, your videos, when you upload your videos, you say, I'm Bill with collectible bills with, and then you say the, the name of your website, correct? Right. What is the name of your website? So everyone can, you know, can know exactly where to find you. It is vkohio.com. Okay. vkohio.com. Awesome. So, um, so you said the, when you were 13, you started working at a coin and stamp store? Yeah, like sports cards, coins, and stamps. Okay, so what, is that, what does that look like? Uh, so That's, To me, that sounds like super interesting. So basically, it's like any card shop you walk in today to today. Lots of showcases full of sports cards. Um, you know, gaming and that kind of stuff wasn't big in the early 90s. Uh, lots of coins and just books of stamps. Uh, you would go in, there were cabinets, uh, like wide file cabinets, uh, full of uh, mint sets from, you know, the 30s to today. Um, so people would bring their silver in, uh, would buy silver at the whatever the cost of silver was going at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and everything went by white pages. There were... Um, you know, you would get something similar to this in the mail and it would be like March coin prices and you would open it up and it would literally be, okay, so a 1913 uh, uh, half dollar would go for uh, $85 in excellent and it would go for $72 in VG. Um, so, I mean, now with the internet and things, that stuff is like updated by the second. Yeah. So uh, this this prices. little pa this pamphlet or this price guide, where would it come from? Um, it would come from the uh, numismatic. Uh, there, so there was an organization for coins that was similar to like what Beckett was for sports okay. cards. Gotcha. That's so crazy because you, I mean, as someone that. I mean, you could easily just print something off yourself and say, hey, it's, it's worth this and kind of lie about it, about it and say it's worth way less than, you know what I mean? Unless the person is knowledgeable of exactly how much the price is going for. Right. And you would be surprised. You would go. I can remember going to card shows in the 80s at like the mall. Mm -hmm. And there would be guys there at their booth and they would be selling a printed like they would literally sit at home and type on their typewriter uh, and print out a sports card price guide and sell them at their booths at card shows and it was just like you know mike's sports cards price guide for the month of january that's crazy that's crazy i, th I think that's, that's super crazy. awesome i know that i've that's seen videos on... got started. what's that that's how jim beckett got started he oh, literally wait. typed up a price sheet on his typewriter and would take it to shows and hand it out. That's crazy. Gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Genius. Yeah. So I know that right now, um, and I've seen several videos and I don't know if you're into still knowledgeable about coins and stuff, but I've seen videos to where it's like, Hey, this quarter, because it doesn't have the mint mark or it's like from 2020, it's like, it's worth $20 instead of 25 cents. It's like, are you um, like, are, are you still knowledgeable with that kind of stuff? Or are you just still knowledgeable more of like gold and silver? Up, I, I still keep up on a lot of that kind of stuff. And 
Um, you know, I, I know there, there's a couple of really big TikTok uh, coin people on here. Mm -hmm. And they very much hype their own products. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. Which is what we, I mean, as resellers, we all do that. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there's a lot of manufactured errors in coins today. Um, and um, these guys who go out there and they look for these strange um, markings on coins, they, they really they come on here and they push them because they know if they push them, more people will be interested. It opens uh -huh. up more people to it and more people are going to yeah. be looking. There's more going to yeah. be for sale. The prices are going to go higher. They're manipulating the market on they purpose. They are. And yeah. Supply and demand. That makes sense. Real quick, guys, the people that are in the chat on both ends, Bill, if you see anybody that um, you know, wants to ask a question or anything like that, uh, if anybody's you know wants to ask a question, by all means, put it down in the chat. I know there is a question. Anderson Family Flip says he they want to know what you think about the new eBay selling law that Biden passed. I don't know if they're referring to um, coins in general or just the old like. I think they're referring to like the new 1099 law that just passed, where everyone has to get taxed if they sell like. 10 bucks or something. I think that's what they're asking. I'm not too sure. But if you if you have thoughts on that, Bill. I'll have to look at it. Yeah. The overall tax. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Okay. Now, um, I do have... I think... I do, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think most resellers do keep do, do a very good job of keeping a track of what they sell and they... Uh, and eBay, sure. eBay's been doing it for years. They, they practically hold your taxes for you, so... Mm -hmm. And guys, I know that um, I haven't made a video about this, but if you go to the link in my bio and go to my link tree, I actually have a Google Doc saved for managed payments and PayPal payments for eBay to keep track of spreadsheets that you guys can download and keep track of all your stuff for free that I generated with all the formulas already in there. So all you have to do is just plug it, plug in your amounts and uh, everything is calculated for you. So I did that for you guys. I, I I've been meaning to make a video. I just haven't done it. But if you guys want to download that, you're more than welcome to download it and um, and use it. You know that you open it up on Google Docs, and then from there you can copy and paste it, or and then do your own little thing on there. And it's saved into different months on different tabs. So I want to make a video and just kind of showcase it. But um, I know there's another question in the uh, chat here, Bill. They want to know, Brian, uh, twenty one hundred wants to know what do you what do y'all think about eBay? Um, I've been moving away from eBay over the last uh, couple of months. Um, eBay, you know, I've been selling on and off on eBay for twenty years, and I can remember in the early days of eBay, where just about anything you listed at an auction would go sky high, so that you know because it was new, it was coming out. And eBay has really gone more from an auction site to a, uh, a sales site, the same as Amazon oh, would be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, unless you do find that rare item that just doesn't pop up on eBay. Um, you know, I, I know talking to Thrifter Sifter, he, he did his first auction ever on eBay last week. Um, just because it was an oddball item and uh, it, 
it's had a very wide range of selling prices. So he said, we're going to start it at, you know, a couple of bucks and see where it goes. How did he end up um, doing? Um, I think it went for like 27, 28 bucks. It was, was uh, it? Johnny West Sheriff. Oh, that's right. Okay. So was it on par to what the sole comps was or was it below market value or what? I think from, from what I was able to tell looking, uh, looking before he put it on auction, um, it seems that that's right about the right range for it. 25 to $30 in the condition it was in mm -hmm. without any accessories or anything like that. Okay. Nice. Nice. So I know, so your store, is it just a, like a Shopify store that you like, how do you create um, traffic to your store? For someone that wants uh, to do so the my, same thing that you're doing and save on the, excuse me, on fees and all that good stuff. Like, how do you generate that traffic? Uh, so eBay, or I'm not, not, not eBay. Um, TikTok has been huge in helping me create cr traffic to that, uh, to my website. Uh, the other way I create traffic to the website is through Instagram. Posting three to five posts a day on Instagram using all 30 hashtags oh, and wow. uh so you know i i have i have like a document file um yeah i have a document file on my computer that's broken down by like uh these are the 30 hashtags i use for general items these are for coffee cups these are for mm. wooden items these are for home decor this is for costume jewelry so um and I do check them from time to time to see what the top uh, trending hashtags are for those items. So I can switch them around from here to not here to there. Um, but, you know, I mean, so that's, that's definitely one way I have put, uh, I've put a few ads out on Facebook marketplace uh, and just saying, you know, I sell vintage items. This is my website. Um, that's drawn a little bit of traffic, but then the other thing I do is I have my own cards that I've made up and, uh, basically what I do is if I do, when I do sell something on eBay, I throw these, one of these into my eBay package. Um, nice. So that hopefully, you know, if people buy from me, they like what they have, they like what they bought. Maybe it will generate some interest to go to check out the website to see what else I have. Mm-hmm. Does that do your do your cards have a QR code that they can scan and takes them directly to the website? No, they don't. That's uh okay. that's something that like I, I'm 43. Uh when I first started doing uh websites, I, I literally hand coded everything in HTML. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing, so, brother. I mean, we're we're going back to like the mid nineties with uh GeoCities on Yahoo. Yeah, gosh, um, that's crazy. So yeah. you know, you got you know a lot of you younger guys who are on here in your, uh, you know, you guys learned a lot about more about computers in school. I mean, mm -hmm. um, computers like we still had uh, even in high school we had like um, Mac two E's. I don't even know what so, that. Is. Like, I know that I know it's a Mac, but I don't know the direct model it's number. the early macintosh it was it was a little bit a step ahead of like the apple IIe's. it mm -hmm. was one of the first like 
Macintosh branded uh, computers after they switched away from like the Apple, uh, the, the big apples that you see in, in videos of people playing the Oregon Trail, you know? Okay. So it's like so, more of a more compact personal computer. Right. So remember the first Mac that I've used was the iMac or the, um, you know, the, the, the Macs that were all different colors, you know, the, the blues and the oranges, like that's where, that's what we used when we were in school when we first, so that was like the start of, you know, using computers, but uh, yeah. So Bill, real quick, I know that uh, there's people that are jumping on. If you guys, um, if you guys want to share this live, it's going to help, you know, increase more traffic that way. And I think we're, we're getting down to some really interesting questions. And I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of knowledge that's being talked about right here. That's going to help a lot of people with their reselling business and overall knowing what to find when they're out and about. So, uh, Bill, I know that you mentioned your Instagram and, um, your, your, um, your TikTok and then your website. What is the name of your Instagram so people can join or people can follow uh, so, you? Yeah, my Instagram link is in my bio, but it's Vintage Kitsch Ohio, all one word. Okay, perfect. Now I got I got some fun things. I got a fun little segment here, uh, Bill. I, I like, uh, I'm calling it Overrated Underrated. Uh, it's, you know, made popular by Gary Vee. But so I'm going to give you a word or a phrase or a sentence and you tell me if it's underrated in your opinion or if it's overrated in your opinion and give me just the short answer of why you think so. Okay. So I got okay. 10 things and some of them are reselling related and some of them are just, just overall life things. Okay. So the okay. first one is goodwill overrated or underrated. And goodwill is overrated at this point. They're, they're just getting a little ridiculous. Uh, you know, they follow most of us resellers and they know what we're doing. And they're jacking up their prices because of it. But they're also jacking up their prices because their costs have increased over the last year or so. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, the, I, and I agree with you 100% on that one for sure. So, the next one overrated or underrated? Macaroni and cheese. Underrated. I don't think Under it gets enough love these days. Okay. Okay. I mean, macaroni and cheese is like. Uh, it was the quintessential thing growing up. I mean, you could throw hot dogs in it. You could throw chopped up ham or chopped up bologna in it. I mean, there's so many things you could do with macaroni and cheese. I could write a cookbook on uh, stuff to make with macaroni like and it. cheese. Yes. I, I want to see that cookbook. And then you can sell it in your, in your, in your, on your site. All right. Yeah. So the, the next one, um, Facebook Marketplace, underrated or overrated? You know, the, I, I got to throw that in the toss-up category. Okay. Um, my personal experience with it is that it's overrated, um, but I think that um, it's definitely something that um, – and I just had a big conversation about Facebook Marketplace the other day with uh, Eric the Vintage Hunter on live. It's one of those things that Facebook is changing. You know, when Facebook yes. first started, it was about – connecting with your college buddies and that's and when i first signed up for facebook i had to have a college email address right and that's the only way and that's how i signed for everybody so i mean i'm sure we could all remember when facebook was nothing but you know farmville and 
Mafia yep. Wars and Zinga notifications. And, you know, that part of that gaming part of Facebook has kind of died. And so now they're looking at the next big thing. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. They're really putting uh, a lot of effort into Marketplace. I think right now it's still overrated. But uh, I think eventually they could make a serious run at eBay. Mm, Interesting. So it's right. So right. Right. You're saying that right now it's overrated but it could be underrated in the future. Yeah. Or the other way around, whatever, however you want to say it. Okay, so next one, Bill. And we have 10 of these. Superhero movies, overrated or underrated? Oh, way underrated. I think there's, there, and there's way too many out there that are coming out that, uh, or <clears throat> that haven't come out yet or have no plans for making that definitely need to be made. I think there's... I think that's oh. the, the genre of the future. Okay. What is one superhero in your opinion that you're that you cannot wait for there to be a movie? Uh, well, Deadpool three. Okay. Uh, so you you excited I, for the new uh, what's that the um, is it Suicide Squad two? I can't remember what the one with John Cena is in it. Yeah. One of them. Um, might- I don't know. I think there's so many great characters out there who haven't even had a shot yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that Marvel... I, I want to see another Howard the Duck movie. Okay. Like Howard the, the original Duck. 1980 Howard the yeah. Duck with Leah Thompson was... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unofficially, it's the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Howard the Duck did show up in the collector's collection. He so sure that did. makes that, that George Lucas 1980s, uh, it's it really a time capsule of 80s, of the 80s. Uh, I need to Howard go back and watch movie. the movie. I think I've seen it like maybe two or three times, but that was when I was a kid. They used to just come on like the sci-fi channel, you know, Right. like after a Godzilla movie or something like that, you know? So, yeah. all right. So next one up, um, over or under or underrated or overrated? Yard sales. Underrated. Underrated. I don't okay. think I don't think that uh resellers uh and maybe it's because it's winter right now or you know, just coming out of winter, we're in spring, things are starting to warm up. But I think that yard sales are some of the best places to not only find inexpensive items to flip, uh, but they're also great places to make connections with people. Mm. Uh, I know that, you know, when I go to yard sales and I buy things, I definitely talk to people and I say, you know, I am a reseller. These are some of the things that I'm looking for. So, you know, when your yard sale is over and you're going through more things uh, and you find these types of things, give me a call. That's a great point, Bill. I've never thought about that. But yeah, I can see I can see why you say underrated on that. I know that you watch it. Go ahead. Watch American Pickers, and you know the, when they they, they 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 do cold calling, and they basically walk up the doors and they say, "Here's my flyer. Do you have any of this stuff?" Yeah. Well, yeah. garage sales are like a free invitation to cold call. You're you're already on their property. You're buying things from them. You see that they have things that fit the style of item that you want to purchase, and you're making those purchases. That's the perfect time to say, "Hey, do you have any X Y Z?" I mean, I've seen your videos. Um, you've gone to people, hey, you got any Pokemon cards? Yeah. 
It never hurts yeah, to ask. Same thing. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask. Never hurts to ask. The worst thing they can say is no. So, but yeah. So the next one, uh, overrated, underrated dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. So okay, uh, underrated. I think that dinosaurs, especially, uh, you know, for kids, um, yeah, that's a good really one. Underrated. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a good one, and this is kind of up your your expertise. Overrated or underrated? Uranium glass. You know, if Ooh. you would have asked me two months ago, I would have said it was underrated. Okay. Um, but right now, I think it's really overrated. Um, but uh, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that. Um, people have, you know, it, it's become a discovery now, so it's all over the place. So mm-hmm. everybody's looking for it, whereas three to four months ago, nobody was looking for it, nobody knew what it was. Um, and so, you know, I think right now it, it's 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 definitely, you know, it's cool, it sells well, but it's overrated as far as a show-off piece. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've never found any uranium glass out and about, but I can see that the um, the hype, you know, is making it o- a little bit overrated. So yeah, but it's still cool to see the pieces, and especially you know when somebody finds a piece and they pull out their black light and they turn the lights off and it glows like that. I mean, the glow yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's cool for sure. So next one overrated underrated and again guys uh if you have any questions please don't hesitate to ask and share the live and uh, make sure to follow bill on all of his social media platforms tiktok uh instagram and his website all that you can find in his bio so make sure to give him a follow if you haven't already so the next one overrated underrated fishing 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 is underrated oh okay underrated Bill's a fisherman. I like it. I, I enjoy fishing. It's definitely a, an activity that I like to do. It's a good relaxing time. Uh, put down the phone and, um, you know, jump out there and um, just enjoy it. You know, enjoy mm-hmm. the peace of nature. I'm a terrible fisherman. I hate fishing. I just get, I get super frustrated and I don't want to do it anymore. So that's not my, I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's not my forte, but um, all right. So next one, overrated, underrated bill. I'm look. if you see me looking, I have two screens here. One of them is my notes and one of them is um, something else that I, I entered to win something and they're picking names right now and I'm already out. So Next, next thing is <laughs> overrated, underrated, overrated or underrated. The Walking Dead. Overrated. I've never been a fan. I okay, just, never. Uh, zombies aren't my thing. Okay, okay. I know that for for me, um, it was good when it first started and I was a fan of the graphic novels. I actually read a, a few of them before the show started, 
but then I just got out of it. I'm like, this is getting too crazy, you know? Um, so. I'll be honest with you. I saw the first 10 minutes of the first episode and turned it off. Once the cop shot the little girl, that was, nope, I'm done. It's like, I'm done. This is so, it. I'm like, okay. not, not for me. Uh, there's someone by the name of Choo Choo Boo Boo who says, hi, Bill from Chewbacca. <laughs> so, okay, next Chewbacca. we got Ma- Manny, Manny Simone Cars. He says, "What? what's overrated? He said, The Walking Dead is overrated. So the next, the next underrated, overrated, Vintage Toys. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. Okay. I think that there are a lot of people that are hoarding them right now. Oh. Okay. And I don't think, I I, I think right now is the perfect time to be buying if you see it. Um, They are not very expensive. um, And I think that uh, you're going to see a a big resurgence soon of um, tin toys. Oh, uh, man, I love tin toys. And uh, that type of stuff. I think you know, for me, uh, if if I can start collecting je- old Japanese robots, like um, it would be over. That would be my my downfall. But I know they're super yeah. expensive. But um, more w- more awareness is rising, says Manny. All right, so um, that was that the last one. That was the last one, Bill. We 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 rattled off ten overrated, underrated, uh, overrated, underrated. And I have in my notes here, um, it says, how, how did you get started? So we already um, touched base on that. But let me, let's ask a similar but yet different question on that. So when you first started eBay, was it when you had to send in checks, money orders kind of situation? Yeah, you had to pay with money orders. That's crazy. So how did that work? Like, how would you, like, that that time period in eBay like just boggles my mind to a point to where it's like, okay, you're the person buying it is entrusting you to send a check or a money order or however that works. And then just the process of like when that went away to the more, I guess, debit card, credit card situation. I'm eager to know your thoughts of how that transition was and how it was before, you know, the credit card so, it's funny because i was actually just thinking about this earlier today and out because um i was like i was lo- i was looking through the listing options for payments and i'm on managed payments now which i think mm-hmm. is about the most amazing thing ever because i agree i don't have to worry i don't have to worry at the end of the month that they're going to take 500 dollars in fees oh. out of my bank account like I know. when the item sells, they take the fee right then and there. Everything's handled, um, and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, they take the taxes, they hold on to them. Um, so you know, when that time comes around, boom, it's done, taken care of. Um, so I, I definitely like that, uh, the thought behind that. Um, but yeah, I can remember when um, when PayPal first came out, it was a game changer. Um, and through the different iterations of PayPal, because when PayPal came, first came out, PayPal was an eBay company. Mm. 
and, and you know, was that Elon Musk's deal? Is that how he made his money through PayPal? Is that right? Or am I? He he bought PayPal from eBay and turned okay. it into its own company. Gotcha. Um, uh, a couple of people are asking, how do you sign up for that? Um, I'm not sure. I was automatically forced into it uh, through eBay, and they are slowly but surely they're going to move everybody into managed payments. So mm -hmm. um, if you're not yeah. into it, just wait. They will get you to a point where they're going to tell you um, you're you're on managed payments now. Um, I love the fact that I don't have money going from eBay to PayPal and, um, you know, PayPal gets a cut, eBay gets a cut, this person gets a cut, that person, it's like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I agree. Um, Managed I've payments heard, is the best thing that happened to eBay. You know, that's one of the other reasons that I've gone to my own website to sell a lot of items is because um, even still with eBay and Mercari and a lot of the other platforms out there, um, you're going to, they're, by the time you're said and done, they've got 20% of your sale, mm -hmm. 20 to 25% of your sale. And the more, thank you for the fire, Corey. Um, Corey Gated, uh, the uh, packaging expert, just popped in over here. Nice. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, the, the nice thing, I, I run my website through uh, Weebly, which is a square company. Mm -hmm. And uh, I pay $17 a month for the web hosting. Uh, that includes all of my, um, you know, my store, my listings, um, the designing that I do. And then I pay, you know, whatever the credit card rate is. I think it's like 3.2% for someone okay. to process their credit card through the site. And the site takes Apple Pay and it takes Samsung Pay right there on the site or Google Pay. Oh, Apple nice. Pay and Google Pay right on the site. So if you are scrolling, you know, and it's the nice thing is in the design mode, it, give, it lets you see what does it look like on a desktop and what does it look like on a cellular device. Um, so, um, you know, if you are scrolling and you purchase something while you're on your phone, uh, you can use that, uh, Apple pay or Google pay to pay for your item. So, yeah, that's nice. So with that $17, so you can list as many items as you want. Yeah, I have, uh, right now I have 550 items thereabouts on the site. That's great. Because I know with eBay, you know, depending on your store, you can only list a certain amount of items. So, which I think at that point, it's more than seventeen dollars. So it's what it's well worth, you know, what you're paying. So the, difference, the difference between eBay and your own website is that you know, eBay you have a captive audience. Uh, That's with true. Your own website definitely driving your own traffic to the site. Um. So. You know, and that's what, you know, that's part of what I, you know, get on here on TikTok and do is I, you know, I get on here and I talk to uh, people and I tell them about the items that I have. I've done some live sales here on TikTok live. Mm -hmm. uh, so every Saturday night at 8 p.m. I do a live sale. We do eight to 12 items, uh, hold up the item, show it off, talk a little bit about it um, and then say, this is what uh, I'm asking for it. And um you know, somebody wants to claim it, they'll say claim item in the comments. And after the live, we settle uh, for payment. So. Do you usually find a lot of resellers 
wanting to buy it, they can use it to resell it, or is it some mostly people that just want the item? Uh, it's people that want the item. Um, like I have, I you know I follow a lot of other resellers that follow me, but there I also have a uh, a lot of following that's not resellers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a uh, you know. Uh, I have two other communities that, uh, you know, other than Thrift Talk um, that I'm involved with uh, here on TikTok. And uh, one of them is uh, a group of very positive people who are, you know, all about spreading positivity. And that's another thing that I try to do. Like, like my videos, like, they're not all just, um, uh, this is what I bought. This is what I'm going to sell it for. Yeah. Um, it's just not me. I mean, uh, I know with uh, with me too, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Bill, but after a while, I just get bored. You know, it's right. like doing the same thing, and it's like that's why sometimes you'll see like funny videos that I do that are like trending that you know I like to implement. You know, reselling things to it. It's just I just get bored. You know, and it's like I don't want to do the same kind of videos all the time. Even though, even if they do well, it's like, I just, I get bored and I just want to do something different, you know? Yeah. Like the other day I was struggling and I was like, I don't know what kind of video I want to do. And I was scrolling through the for you page and I'm like, oh man, I love this sound. And I'm using, I just, I said, I I did a video where I just lip synced to the Rocky Horror Picture opening. Like, oh, okay. Cause it was, I've never seen that movie. I've never seen that movie. movie. That is a great I have to movie. Watch it. Yeah, for sure. So um, here, here's one. This is kind of a, I have a question A and then question B. So, you know, one of the things that I constantly look at when, when I look at your profile is that you're really into glass. You're really into kind of like Pyrex and stuff like that. So what are some things that people like me that don't know anything about glass like, what are some bolos and what is something that people need to look for when they're at the thrift store, at the yard sale, at the estate sale, you know, places to, you know, because with me, when I go to the thrift store, I don't even look at any kind of the kitchen, kitchenware or anything like that, because I don't know anything about it. But I know there's money in it, but I just need to educate myself a little more. So what's what's a good like point of entry or something to look for when uh, when, when you do that kind of stuff? Well, I think I think especially when glass when I when I talk to people about glass glassware as a broad subject, I mm-hmm. say look for pieces that speak to you. Because mm-hmm. if they speak to you, they're going to speak to other people. If you see something and you think it's interesting or it's unique or it's just kind of wild, um, chances are somebody else is going to think that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you want to talk about Pyrex. I think that, you know, we've, we've seen like a, a lot of resellers start jumping into Pyrex uh, without um, really looking into Pyrex. Okay. Clear Pyrex really is just is one of those things that unless it is um, antique and you have to know the markings uh, to understand antique Pyrex, um, I stay away from clear glass Pyrex. The things that you're looking for is the milk glass, which is white Pyrex with patterns on it. Okay. So, um, you know, and 
spend spend 10 minutes go to uh the corning museum of glasses pyrex pattern page and just kind of look through the patterns to say um, that website one more time so it's the corning museum of glass okay corning museum of glass pyrex, they have a pyrex page and uh it's pyrex.cmog.org okay so that's some great information and just go to the pattern library and look through it and look at the different patterns and you know familiarize yourself with like okay these are 50s patterns these are 60s patterns these are 70s patterns Mm. um and then just go on ebay and type in pyrex or type in anchor hawking um like one of the ways that i teach people to learn about things is like if you want to learn about pyrex go to ebay type in pyrex go to sold and then filter highest to lowest Mm. take those first 10 listings and throw them away don't even look at them because 90 percent of those ones that are going for five six seven ten thousand dollars are garbage lift it's just like in the sports card world you see some ridiculous card you know it's money laundering going on yeah um but like you know last year or last couple years there there every year there seems to be an article that pops out oh if you have corning ware in your cabinets that was your grandma's you could be a millionaire because a piece sold for ten thousand dollars on ebay and the matter of fact behind it is somebody is using that piece to launder money. And it, a lot of times, if you look, you will see that that same user sold that same piece using the same pictures 10 times over the last year. Oh, wow. Same, I guess that goes same thing with Beanie Babies and uh, Disney VHS tapes. Yep. So, yeah. you know, I always say when you're looking at something on eBay and you sort high to low, knock that first 10 off and don't even look at them because either it's a pattern so rare, you're never going to find it or it's a garbage sale. Mm. Um, Gotcha. So patterns, so patterns are important on um, non-clear Pyrex. Correct. And then, and you know that you mentioned um, milk, milk. What is it? Milk glass. Milk Milk glass. glass. So what milk glass is, is it's the white colored glass. Okay. Now this isn't Pyrex. This is, uh, this is something I'm actually researching right now. Uh, but this is, so when you see this white, like kind of opalescent glass, that's what milk glass is. Okay. So it kind of has the, the, the quality of milk or like a milky. So here's, so here's a, here's a piece by uh, Westinghouse Gemco and this is milk glass. Okay. Now, is there any other colors to look out for? Milk glass? Is there greens, blues, turquoise, you know, turquoises um, or maroons? So when you're looking at Pyrex, no, not really. Um, okay. Other company, yes. Um, so if you're looking at something like Hazel Atlas, um, Hazel Atlas made tons of glassware. They made tons of milk glass, um, and a lot of it was painted in many different colors um and so um a lot of people confuse uh hazel atlas with anchor hawking 
because if you look at the bottom, you'll see an A and an H. Like an A is in the H. Uh, and a lot of people see AH and they think Anchor Hawking, but it's actually Hazel Atlas. Because it's backward, Hazel, it's like backwards. Right. So you've got a big H with an A in the bottom of it. Mm. Matter of fact, do I have my notes? Yes, I do actually. We were just talking about this on another live. So if you see this, a big H with a little A with, in it, that's Hazel uh -huh. Atlas. Whereas an H through an anchor is anchor hawking. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So those are, so we're talking about anchor hawking and um, what's the other one? Amber Hazel Atlas? Atlas. Hazel, Hazel Atlas. So out of the three, Pyrex, uh, anchor hawking and Hazel Atlas, which ones would bring the most money or is just a variant variations of the glassware that you usually find? Um, Pyrex and, and um, Hazel Atlas are definitely higher. Uh, they're going to bring you more than uh, Anchor Hawking. Anchor Hawking, um, but some of their products still do well. It, it's um, it, it's one of those things where it's all in the item. You could have, um, you know. A, you could get three or four people that want an item and it'll go for ridiculous. Um, with Pyrex, there is a pattern called pink gooseberry mm. and it's a pink, there's pink bowls that have uh, a, a, a little berry and leaves on them in white. And then they have white bowls that have the berries and leaves in pink. And uh, especially if you can find full sets of uh, like the Cinderella bowls, which are the big bowls with kind of the, the pour handles on the side, uh, those things can go for crazy money if you get the right people bidding on them. Mm. Um, so, like, if I find something that's pink gooseberry, that would be something that I would put at auction, uh, and I would start it off at the minimum I'm willing to take for it, and I will just let it go because um, I, I highly suggest, like, if, if people want to learn about glassware other than going to eBay – go on Facebook and join some glassware groups. There are glassware okay. groups devoted to Pyrex, Hazel Atlas, Anchor Hawking, um, Fenton glass groups, uh, depression glass groups, and look and see, you know, learn your market, learn what people are looking for, because those are your, the people that are in those Facebook groups, those are your hardcore collectors. Yeah. They're the ones that are looking for those items. And people, people are buying these to collect, just like anything else, sports cards, you know, just video games, anything else. This is what people do is that they collect. And I guess right. the gooseberry is the probably one of the rarest of the colors. It's not even that rare. It's just that it's so – it's just a desirable pattern. Mm. So it's a pattern um, but not a, not a color. Right. It's called Pink Gooseberry. They they did a uh, there there's like four or five different colors of gooseberry. So okay. there's like there's a there's a black and gold gooseberry, um, and I can't think of the others off the top of my head. Um, but like that pink gooseberry is like it's just the one everybody wants for some reason. Gotcha. Um, and I think I think a lot of it is because of the pink color that's on it. It just goes so well with that like 50s, 60s kitchen decor. Yeah. That people, you know, 
especially if you're into that mid-century modern retro oh. look that's the piece to have nice wow that's you need you need to do you need to fill out you need to have like a I don't know what do they call it like a course like a written course that people can download I mean I'll, I'll pay twenty dollars <laughs> for all this information to be written down for sure or whatever yeah. it costs because yeah I would I would love that for sure so Bill my next question and we're kind of you know winding down a little bit and thank you so much for all the incredible information that you've already shared with me that's kind of another reason why I want to do this and this is kind of a selfish thing is like I want to have people that I don't know a lot of uh, about and I want to uh, I don't know I wanted to learn you know and right. I wanted you to be one of the first ones because I don't know anything about pink gooseberry or anchor Hawkins or anything like that so <laughs> so for sure but uh so Bill for someone that wants to get into um, not only selling reselling on eBay or opening up their own store online and you know finding glassware what's some what's some advice that you can give people that want to start doing this just do it like literally um you know part of the part of the reason that i started my own website uh, i think all pretty much all the the big resellers on here are familiar with eric the vintage hunter i don't know um, who that is you don't know who eric oh my goodness i do not know who uh, that is Eric put out a video back uh, around Christmas because uh, he had some people come on there and be like, because he has, he, he resells online, but he also mm -hmm. has a store in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and he's been doing this for um, as long as I have. Um, and like he had an auction house, he had a pawn shop and he's gotten his business to the point where he can do what he loves. He's open one weekend a month. And he pays. Oh, wow. I, he does very well uh, for being open one weekend a month. His everything he sells through his website pays for his store. So anything he makes on the store at that weekend is extra. Um, is extra. Yeah. Um, you need to that, tag that, me in one of his videos so I can follow him. Yeah, I will. Um, but he put out this video around Christmas time, and he says, "Hey, you know that's great. You're a thrifter. Start your own website." Get an LLC, become yeah. a business. Like, like it, it, it spoke to me. And I'm like, you know, I've been doing this as like a, an extra money for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every time you get comfortable with eBay, they change it. Oh, you got that right. And, yeah. You know, every time you turn around, they're raising a fee for this or they're raising a fee for that or. Uh, so I'm like, these websites are so easy now to put together these, these selling websites. And like, I, I am more proud of a $10 sale from my website than I am a $10 sale from eBay. Cause you're getting more, I'm, your net, your net is more. I'm, I'm driving that traffic. Mm. Like people are coming there because they want to buy from me. Correct. So, um, but you know, there, 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 um, follow uh, follow Billy Billy B, the Pyrex lady. Um, okay. She hasn't been doing a lot of videos lately. She's had some things going on, but uh, just goes back through her videos talking about glassware and things. And she she has great content. 
um, you know, uh, about all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Eric is a vintage hunter is another one. He educates resellers on items. And I, I've kind of taken the same approach to things like you'll, you're not going to find me talking on my channel saying, um, Hey, if you see this Aladdin thermos at the thrift store, pick it up. Cause you're going to get 35 to $40 for it. No, I'm going to say this is a 1970s Aladdin thermos. It's a wide mouth soup thermos. Uh, if you see these definitely pick them up because they can go for money. I'm not going to tell you, you know, I'll tell you to look out for it, but I'm not going to tell you like, it, it's too easy to go and, and find comps. Like I just, mm -hmm. I'm not the person who's going to say, you know, comps on this item are, you know, whatever. But in educating you, I also want you to help educate yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, some things That's are good. easy. Like, you know, I, you could say, you know, if I pull the, rainbow gx charizard you know yeah hey it sells for four hundred dollars and if you get a psa 10 you get twenty thousand for it mm -hmm. you know uh, that kind of stuff is is easy to rattle off uh you know some of this other stuff the prices change so much on that or so often that makes um, sense you know i'd rather, makes a lot of sense. rather tell you why it's valuable or uh -huh. you know that's a good thought process you know, especially when you get into vintage hard goods like that, those prices do fluctuate. Because the uh, supply and demand and then everything can yeah. fluctuate. Yeah. Right. So, like, right now, I would not be listing uranium glass on eBay because the market's starting it's to get just... flooded with uranium glass because so many people are putting it out there. And uh, so, right now, I you know, I watch what's selling like crazy and I start hoarding it because once it stops selling, yep. that's the time to put it out there because nobody knows where it is anymore exactly that's a great point i know that you mentioned aladdin and uh aladdin. you know the aladdin thermo you know we have uh, there's a plant here where i actually live in uh, tennessee where there's an aladdin plant and my father actually works there making aladdin is it say nashville tennessee on the bottom aladdin industries nashville tennessee usa there you go that's it. Nineteen. I mean, but just look at that. Look at those colors and that design. Doesn't it just scream it. late seventies, early eighties? I love it. I love it, man. I love it. And What's something to look out for for Aladdin? Just nineteen seventies, nineteen sixties, Aladdin thermoses, or just look for look for thermoses and look for lunch boxes. Okay. Those nice. those eighty plastic lunch boxes when they started transitioning from the metal to the eight the plastic, mm -hmm. uh, and we were, I was just talking about this on my live before you jumped on is follow the trends on TikTok. Okay. Um, we we were just talking about skorts. I, I'm seeing all these videos pop up on my for you page of these girls going, check out this amazing skirt that i have and then they pull it up and they're like and it's also shorts dude like, i remember skirts and yeah. like how they died but it's becoming a trend again so if you're at the thrift store and you see and you're looking through the women's clothes and you see vintage skirts grab them and get them listed on ebay because they're coming in style uh oh. you know that's those 70s styles are starting to come back in uh, mm -hmm. And we were talking about you. You have this like forty to fifty year cycle of 
things repeating themselves in fashion. So if you look back 45 years ago, you're going to start seeing the fashion that's going to be coming next. I, I, and you're, you're starting to see all the 70s colors come back. You're starting mm. to see the big flowing shirts and the, yeah. the bright prints. You're starting the tie-dye. Tie-dye has been, you know, huge the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I honestly, you know, we, we, we've heard about the death of skinny jeans. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing the flares and the bell bottoms start coming back mm. uh, over the next And especially if you start finding vintage bell bottoms, uh, vintage oh. 70s clothing at the thrift store, I think that's going to be that's going to be the big next trend uh, in, in clothing and style. Um, I, you know, the, the avocado colored things, um, oh, the cranberry stuff like that. Yeah. Wood, wood paneling style decor. Um, I, I think that's going to be a huge, huge thing coming up next. Um, you know, we're, we're really starting in like the cottage core stuff. So the mushrooms and the fairies and that kind of stuff, oh, that's yeah, okay. huge right now. Like if you find like the the little mushroom kitchen sets, you would not believe what some of that stuff is going for right now. Uh, it's just mind blowing because people see it like roller skates, vintage roller skate. Christine just mm-hmm. posted on reminded me, uh, Christine dot reseller, um, vintage roller skates are coming back. People are roller skating again, like. Um, and so, and I think especially with us coming out of the pandemic and people are going to get, start getting active again, um, you know, um, and with the m- movement of social justice in this country, mm-hmm. we're definitely going back towards those seventies themes. Wow. I've never thought about that. Yeah. You know, the end of the sixties, the beginning of the seventies, we had the huge social justice movement in the country and then, you know, we moved away from it and, you know, we thought we were good and we moved away from it, but we weren't really there yet. So now we're back mm-hmm. in that moment. But a lot of those styles, a lot of those things, history repeats itself, you know, and, and start, start even, even going back to look at the 1920s, look at the styles of the 1920s, look at those things, because here we are in the same period of history. We're coming out of the pandemic again. Back then it was the Spanish flu. Um, you know, and now, you know, we're coming out of COVID-19. Um, and so, you know, I think you're, you know, those styles, those themes, they're going to start seeing those again. And even in the 1920s, the 1920s was a big era of social justice. Um, it was a lot more geared towards the women's movements and the women's rights um, uh, then. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're just, we're following a pattern. Yeah. Patterns wow. Everything. I've never thought about Bill. You make some amazing points, brother. That's E squared by Erica over here. just said, I've never thought of it from a socio-political point of view, but yeah, you're yeah. All, all of that you know, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Follow, follow that. Mm-hmm. Bill, I wanted to touch, I know that you mentioned uh, something and I wanted to touch base on it. 
I know that you said that you lost your job within what is it, a year or a couple years ago and you decided to go uh, reselling full time. How was that process for you? Like what, what made you actually want to do this full time and then uh, not pursue another job? Um, so I basically spent the last 20 years working in gas stations as a manager. Um, and, um, March of last year, I had a, um, I, I basically had a breakdown. Mm. I know my first job was working in a convenience store, so I know exactly how stressful and how, um, how that can be and then you know having to deal with employees and customers and the the store that i worked at was in 24 hours so i can't imagine the store that actually was would be 24 hours can be extremely stressful and there was oh there's always a huge turnover and for someone that's a manager that could be extremely stressful so i can completely understand where you're coming from yeah and so um i mean i've been looking for a job i've had probably close to a hundred interviews over the last year. Wow. And just nothing is coming of it. It's like, Oh, well we've got, you know, everybody and their brother has for, you know, now hiring signs out, but then you talk to them. And as a manager, you, you know, I've done so many interviews. I know how to talk to people in an interview. And one of the things I always ask is, well, you know, how many people are you interviewing for this position? They have some of these, or how many applicants do you have for this position? Some of these places have two and three and 400 applicants. That's crazy. So how do you stand out in a crowd of even 400 people or even a hundred people? Yeah. You know, and it's all right now, especially coming out of this, you know, going into and through COVID and now out of coming out of it, hopefully, um, you know, we have this push for higher wages but we also have companies who are good. They're going to look to hire the person who will take the lowest rate. Of course. Like, yeah. So and yeah. that was one of the things that, you know, that was one of the reasons that I was having such a problem with the company that I worked for. Um, we could, we were in an area that was pretty depressed. Um, so I, I got moved to an area that was an hour away from where I lived. It's kind of a rural area. Um, it was a 24-hour store. Uh, they were paying $9 an hour for overnight people, which was 50 cents more an hour than they were paying for their daily people. And um, uh, people would quit, not call, yeah. just call off. Um, and I'd get calls at 9, 10 o'clock at night saying, hey, the third shifter didn't come in. And I was going in at 10 o'clock at night after having left there at four, driven an hour home. Now it's 10 o'clock at oh. night. I got to drive an hour back, work all night, and then work my regular shift and then go home. I mean, there were nights I, st I, I slept at a truck stop up the street because I was too tired to drive home. And I was working 70, 80, 90 hours some weeks and only yeah. getting paid for 50. And I just, I literally had a nervous breakdown the one night. And, uh, you know, I've been looking to get back into it and I'm like, you know, I need to make a serious go at this because I can make money and I can, you know, I can earn my own way. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and you know, if I can educate with people and share people 
uh, share with people the things that I love and the things that I enjoy along the way, um, that's even better. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for sharing that, Bill. I know that, you know, I feel like you're in a, at least in a little bit of a better position and then you're doing what you like, like you were saying. And, um, you know, like you were saying earlier, spreading pos- positively, positivity along the way. So, you know, that's not going to, you know, that's, that's helpful that's for a lot of people. I enjoy here on TikTok is I, I really enjoy those of you in the community who are passionate about what you do. Like when I, when I get on your lives and you're opening up packs of Pokemon and you're talking about Pokemon, like you can feel the passion when you're talking about, you know, finding these cards and you can feel the excitement. I was on there when you pulled uh, uh, the Charizard. The rainbow on one. Live. That's the only one I've pulled on a live, which is awesome. And like, just like the excitement building up to that uh the excitement building it like you're opening packs and you're talking about it and you're and then you opened it and you're like we got we got one like mm-hmm. like the positivity uh you know and and that's what i love is i love like you'll see me jumping onto other people's lives and and uh you know like if you see somebody's kind of like having a rough time, like try to crack a joke, try to help them, uh, yeah, you know, smile. Sure. If we can make somebody smile, like that's worth all the money in the world. Like yeah, I don't need I a million dollars to lose, but if I can, you know, if I could change somebody's life just with a, uh, you know, that's one of the ways I always end my lives is, uh, you know, be kind to other people, be a positive person. You know, you know, you don't know what anybody else is going through. So if, you know, a smile or a hello or a wave on the street could change somebody's whole day and you'll never know. But that's why we're, that's why we go out of our way to be positive people. Yeah. Um, for sure. Thank you for sharing that, man. That's, that's awesome. And I agree with you hundred percent with everything that you just said. So so, yeah, let's open it up for uh, questions here, guys. If you guys have any questions, uh, let us know. We'll take the next five to ten minutes if there's any questions. I know there is one that just popped up on mine. I don't know if there's any on yours, uh, your end, Bill. But uh, Johnson Pula wants to know, what can you tell me about Magic the Gathering cards? I have a little bit of experience with Magic the Gathering. I don't know if you have anything uh, that you can uh, say on that. Uh, yeah, I go back to 1993, uh, alpha edition magic, the gathering. Um, I sold my alpha set to buy my first car. Let's go. That's awesome. I I wish I had held on to it because I could sell that alpha set today and buy a house. Yes, for sure. I was just, um, I knew that uh, it's alpha beta. And then, um, I was just, uh, listening er earlier. I was listening to an interview of someone that's a, a grader that works for a grading company. And then he was saying, one of the questions that they asked them was, uh, what's the craziest thing that you've seen that you graded? And he was talking about before alpha, there was another set, which was like the test set that magic put out. It was like really little cards. And he said, he's, he's, he's seen some of those and they used to get a lot of fakes, you know, because you, it was just like a Xerox card stock of cards that they made to try to test them out but uh i mean i would say for the question if you if you find any alpha cards or beta cards 
you know, I know the Black Lotus is like the Charizard of the uh, Magic the Gathering. So if you see a Black Lotus card, you know, that's something that you need to hold on to for sure. So, yeah, the Black Lotus or any of the Moxes from Alpha or Beta, especially Alpha, they're going to bring big money. Um, so. Awesome. I, that's, I think that's so cool that we know we know a little bit about everything, but then we specialize with certain, you know, I think that's just part about being reseller, you know? Right. So one of the things that I do, like, a lot of times people come to me with questions and they'll say like, uh, they'll shoot me a picture and they'll be like, what is this? And 90% of the time I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah. But my brain works differently. Ah, okay. Tell when, us. when somebody sends me a picture of something, I will ask them for very specific pictures. Are there any markings on it? Um, are there any dates on it? Are there any patents on it? Mm. And so I will take a good look at the picture and say, you send me a picture of a pink bowl and it has a R on it, just a R stamped on it. So I will literally go to Google and I will start like processing in my brain, like how do I, what, what would I call that? Mm -hmm. And I'll literally start Googling different things and doing image searches. And I'll be like, um, pink polka dot bowl R mark. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, well, that's not helping. All right, let's focus on just that marking. Uh, glass maker stamps R. And then maybe I can find out what that R means. And then once I find out what that R means, then I can find out what the company is and maybe like, okay, let's see if there's any Richardson catalogs. Okay, I could tell from the style that it's probably from the 40s or 50s. So let's see if we could find any 1940s Richardson catalogs. And then like I'll find a, a link to like 1947 Richardson products catalog. And so then I'll open that catalog up and I'll sit there and I'll go through and see if I can find their piece in that catalog. And that's, you know, and, and that's kind of the way that like um, the experts at Antiques Roadshow do it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, if you go to Antiques Roadshow and they think your piece is unique, they're going to take pictures of it and they already know what pictures to take and they send them to the experts in the back. Now, the experts are going to generally have a general idea of what it is, but if something they have no idea what it is, this is the same way that they would process this and they, they would search and they have access to auction catalogs and things like that going back, you know, 50 years sometimes. So, but that's yeah, like, it's great. You know, it's crazy how our brains work. Like, like you were saying, mine, mine works in a similar way to where it's like we just know exactly specific pictures and things to look for, you know. So and... like Christine Reseller sent me this today. Mm -hmm. And this is, a, this is a depression glass, number one in color. And it literally, it's from 1970. And if you open it up, it shows you the different oh. pieces of the of glass in color, what color they should be. 
and then it tells you a little bit about the piece. It's like, okay, so who was it made by? What was it made for? What's the style or uh, what's oh, the that's so dope. In? And so, um, tells you who made it, and it's just, it's really neat. Um, and uh, she she had sent me some pictures, and she's like, "Do you want these?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's so, that's super. That's super great. I have I have another book over here that's all spoons. Oh, and it has okay. Kind of, and actually, uh, uh, Matt sent that to me. Thrifter Sifter. I uh, when I bought my hat from him, he threw it in the box. He's like, "Oh, I thought you know, I know you uh, you were talking about spoons, so I thought you might like this." And I'm like, "But yeah, you know, when you're going through your books, you know, I, I know you've done some book scanning at uh, thrift stores and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. Um, be on the lookout for those reference books. Okay. Uh, you know, and especially, uh, you know, when when this book was put out in 1970, this depression glass was only 40 or 50 years old. Now this depression glass is, you know, 80 to 100 years old. So, you know, this knowledge is a little closer to the time frame of when the item was made. So definitely, if you're finding like vintage catalogs from the '60s and the '70s, uh, I grab them because you you know you never know uh, when you're gonna want to pull out one of those books and look through something. And you know this could be the last surviving um, catalog of those items. Hmm. So that's great. That's fantastic. Definitely be on the lookout for those items that you can use to um help your reselling and so like what we're talking about earlier when you're you know we're talking about how the cycle of fashion and the cycle of society and history repeats itself go online and google 1975 jc catalog oh man that's so smart 1976 sears catalog and yeah. start looking for the items that were in that sears catalog look for those items that jc pennies was selling in the in the time frame, and and even if it's just to familiarize yourself with, okay, what was the style in 1972 versus the style in 1973? Mm-hmm. What was the big, you know, and, and 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 that's another way, you know, if you're if you're going down like say the electronics aisle, uh, I got super lucky with that clock I found. I think everybody's seen that video of the vintage. Uh, 1970 alarm clock radio that I found at Savers and I picked it up for $10. Um, and I literally, I knew nothing about it except for it was from 19, it was from the early late sixties, early seventies, and it still had the original tag on the cord. That's awesome. And it was $10. And so I picked it up and I brought it home and I started researching it and I found one that sold like three years ago that had been restored that sold for 185. And then I found a brand new one that sold like six years ago for like 285. So I threw mine up there at 250. I took a best offer around 200. Uh, That's been my best flip this year. Um, But like, you know, by familiarizing yourself with those items by spending, you know, even if you take say 10 minutes a night and just, Google something that you're interested in learning more about. 
look through those old Sears catalogs, look through those old pennies catalogs. If you mm. go to a yard sale and you know, it's a grandma's house. And um, I know when I was a kid, my grandma would keep like the, the Christmas, the Sears wish book. Oh yeah. Yeah. They would be like the size of a half a telephone oh, yeah. book and it would be full of all the toys that were out that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, and if, like, so if you're looking for 80s toys, um, you know, start looking for those uh, 1980s Sears wish book catalogs and look through and see what the hot toys were in 1984 and 1985 and 1986. Um, you know, and then think about your age bracket that you're selling to. Uh, the majority of people who are going to be shopping on eBay are either going to be in that 18 to 22 year old bracket or they're going to be people in their late 30s and their early 40s. Uh, so you have the the just out of high school, just out of college, and I want to go spend lots of money and, and run up my credit card bill. Yeah. And then you have the people in my age who, okay, my kids, you know, if you have kids, they're going to be older, if not going into college. Uh, you finally have maybe some disposable income. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get into your 40s, you can spend a little bit more. So someone like me is going to be looking for, you know, the toys from the eighties, the He-Mans, the She-Ra's, the GI Joe's, the things that we had for with as kids and destroyed them. Now we want to get in the transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want to start getting those original items back and, and yeah. getting them into our collections. I agree. So, yeah. Well, and then if you look at Facebook marketplace, what is the what is the core user group on Facebook right now? I would say it would be boomers, right? Yeah, it's 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 people who are like forty five to seventy. Yeah, grandma's on Facebook now. Okay. Oh, so for sure. They're selling. On she'll Facebook let you know that she's on Facebook. Right, and you know she thinks it's the neatest thing that she just discovered she's on Facebook. And so when you're thinking about what to list on Facebook marketplace, definitely consider the demographic of the people. And it, and it's not just, it's not, you know, that 45 to 70 crowd. It's especially the 45 to 70 year old white crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I agree. And I hate to twist like when it's when when Eric the Vintage Hunter and I were talking and uh, he he we were talking we actually had a conversation about Facebook Marketplace and I said it's all he said what's the core demographic on Facebook all white people yeah I mean I agree hundred percent what it is yeah so make sure you understand like if you're selling on Poshmark or Depop you know those are your you know your teens and your twenties. Um, if you're selling on Etsy, those are your, uh, you know, your 30 to 40 year old moms who are the stay at home moms who like the craft things and things like that, you know, so definitely when you're looking at, at what marketplace to sell on, definitely think about the audience that that site has been built around. I agree. I agree. Well, Bill, this has been amazing i'm def i'm definitely gonna have to rewatch this interview because there's a lot of nuggets that you've been talking about 
And guys, again, uh, this is something that I would like to be doing every week is inviting different resellers that uh, you may not know or people that I think would bring a lot of um, a lot of knowledge to the people that follow me or, or whatever. So, um, yeah. So, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you, my friend. And again, awesome. uh, working with you. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. So if people want to find you on your socials, plug your socials one more time so people know exactly where to find you. All right. The website is VK Ohio. I'm on Instagram. It's Vintage Kitsch Ohio, all one word. All my links are in my pro. I got a link tree in my profile. All the links are there. Uh, there's a button for my Instagram. And right here, I'm collecting bills on TikTok. Let's go. So, yeah, that's great. So again, guys, thank you so much for everybody jumping on and uh, enjoying this interview. Um, I'm definitely, if I can download the interview, I'm definitely going to be clipping certain things and putting them on videos on my profile. So um, yeah, Bill, again, thank you so much for coming on, brother. It's been a pleasure. And um, so my name is Ray and his name is Bill. I'm Bill. With Collect I'm Bill. Yeah. And so we'll catch you guys on the flip side. See y'all. See you, Bill. I right, have a good night, Ray. Peace.